Hey, this is Keith Jones, the president of Hockey Operations of the Flyers. Hi, I'm Paul Holmgren. Hey, I'm Travis Konechny. Hi, this is Travis Sanheim. Hi, I'm Joel Farabee. Hey, I'm Scott Lawton. This is Dan Helfer. Hi, this is Bob Clark. And you're listening to Snow the Goalie. 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 Buenos dias a todos! Los Flyers han ganado! Good morning. Good morning, everyone. What the <laughs> hell was that, Russell? I Gee. just went a little bit, a little bit Espanol this morning. You know, had to get the energy up, guys. It's a Friday morning. Come that on, man. Like, that was that was loud, Russ. Everybody's awake now. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, yeah. Before yeah. you're awake what, now. What, Welcome in what, to the morning what, after. Was your reasoning because they were in the southwest? I was thinking of that, and I'm like, I'm not doing it. Let Ant go es there. Possible, si, señor. Absolutamente. Is it because I have the mustache? Who knows? Who knows? Who's to say? Listen, it's the first time that we've done the morning after show in 11 days. We missed a couple. There were some weekend games in there, and we prioritized, what was it? It was Thanksgiving, I think we missed one for, and then there was uh, last Sunday or something that I totally botched. I do want to say, cheers to me and Bundy, because we picked up a point last night, because your team, your town, your Philadelphia Flyers (laughs) pulled off a 4-1 win in the desert. Anthony was confident that the Coyotes were going to win. Intern Andrew sent a text, said 5-2 Coyotes. And I sent, what? And he said, they're hot. And then at the end of the game, he sent me a reply to his own text and said, never mind. So welcome in. It's a good morning to be a Philadelphia Flyers fan. The Flyers are second in the Metropolitan Division on December 8th. Guys, we need to have the conversation. Are the Flyers better than everyone thought they were? Still too soon. Still too soon. I mean, they, they, are they better? Probably a little bit, but I mean, it's still too soon to go there. You have know, second place in the Metro and everything else. I mean, there's a lot of hockey to be played. The Flyers played, uh, you know, their, their teams behind the Flyers have some games in hand. I mean, you know, they played a really good game. I, I hate to be, try and be a downer right after a great performance, and they were great last night. Um, there's a lot in front of them and 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 let's see where they're at let's have this conversation really have this conversation about a month from now if after that you know after this stretch with nine and 12 on the road and and you know getting through the holidays and we get into the new year and if they're still in the same spot a month from now then then i think we can start to have that conversation like you know what maybe everybody was wrong about this team um it's just still a little bit too soon in my mind to, to go there but while it's happening you can't. You, you got to be thrilled with the way that they're playing. I mean, this is this is sensational hockey. I, you know, that was their maybe their best team game, I think, of the season, the, all the way around. I don't think there was a bad player on the ice last night. I thought they played great hockey. Um, you know, Carter Hart was really good in that again. But I mean, it's usually like in phases. Like it's either the goalie's playing really well, or or special teams is playing well, which is rare with the power play. But um, or or you know five on five they're they're great or it's, you know got a good line or two going and, and the other lines are struggling a little bit and um, but every player on the ice played a good hockey game last night. Right, they I they totally did. I do. I, yeah. I want to point out to Nico the mustache. The mustache is two and zero. Yeah, it is because it was last night's game and it was the overtime win against the Penguins at Wells Fargo Center. Bundy, how are you feeling after that win and? Do you feel like it's too early? I feel like Ant has now once or twice said, let's talk in a month or let's talk in a few weeks. I feel like he's kicking that can down the lane. Do, do, are you ready now to say 
on December 8th that, you know, the team might actually be a little bit better than we thought. Well, they're definitely better than we thought. First of all, good morning, everybody. Um, and I echo at the sentiment. I mean, that was a near perfect road game last night. You know, a little bit kind of an iffy start, but they got through it, made a couple saves. I thought it looked worse than it was the other way. But you know what? I thought the Flyers did a pretty good job. Remember, the other team gets the advantage with the last change, right? So sometimes the road looks like it's a little bit slanted at times, but a lot of individual efforts. Um, TK was just terrific again. Um, Cam York with a great goal. The defense is good. Carter Hart's been unbelievable. Um, it's been really, really fun to watch. But I'm, I am with Anthony, and you cannot get yourself caught in the trap of saying, we're there. This is like a product, right? And if you want to have the best product in the world, you want to have the best end pieces of that engine, if, if this is a car, you want to have the, that's why the, some of those luxurious cars, you pay a lot more for them because they're unbelievably performance balanced based cars. So you, but you can still have a good car. And right now the flyers are a good car, really good. They're playing well, but, but you got to upgrade that. You know, you want to, you want to ride it for a bit and then you want to trade that thing in, but you got to keep upgrading the pieces. And they know that Jonesy and, and Danny are aware of that. So am I excited about what's going on? I am because there's a return to some, some of the, of, of what we're expected to see a team play like. We were treated to bad hockey for three years, like brutal, you know, and I mean, there's some nights that even show up. I don't even want to talk about that anymore because we've moved on and yep. things are much better. I mean, they are. This is a watchable product. This is a team that you have hopes for. Certainly, there's been a lot. There's been guys that you can pluck through the course of the start of the year and say, hey, there's been major, major changes and it's been fun to watch. But I'll never I'll never kick something that's certainly giving an effort every night looks good doing it and and certainly has uh has had a, a design for the for what the way this team is supposed to play when it gets better but by no stretch of the imagination are they there there's no way they're even close as i said last night i think it was one of the parts up maybe with jason martinez last i'm saying like winning games in november and december is great and getting on a roll some teams do but it's a long way from finding out how to win four out of seven in april and that is what having good people knowing what they're doing will get us. And I think that's what the, you have to be patient. But in I the wanna, meantime, okay. enjoy it. Like, enjoy what's going on because this is the best we've seen Flyers hockey in, in quite some time. And it's been refreshing to see because it gives people hope that, you know, you put a good effort in and you do the right things that you're going to have a good-looking product to check out. And, and I'll never be – arrogant enough in my life to say that I was wrong, uh, you know, or, but was I wrong? Maybe a little bit misguided by perhaps what we thought we were going to come into. Guys have stepped up. Veteran leadership, I think, Anthony's been really, really visible. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, those guys coming off injury, certainly Couturier, his, his impact has been unbelievable out there. And, and I could sense that just watching it on TV. Yeah, you know, there, there's one thing I want to get to here, Ant, before yeah, yeah. before you you dive in. But Eric Berkey brought up a really good point, and I I've now started to compile some numbers here, um, just about the the balanced point production this team has had. When you go back to the off season and even entering the season, we talked about what we expected of this team. A big part of it was they don't have top end talent, so you don't have somebody who can go and put the puck in the net 40 times a game. Travis Konechny might end up doing it at this pace. 
But like you don't have a lot of snipers on the team, nor do you have somebody who I would say had like the kind of playmaking ability that you would say like a Giroud or a Voracek had in the past. So you have a bunch of guys who have like well-balanced skill sets, but they aren't particularly elite at anything. So Eric brought up the fact that right now the Flyers only have one player in the top 100 in the league in points. It's Travis Konechny. He's 72nd in the league. But there's something that there are some numbers here that kind of pop off the page that I think are interesting. I want to get some some guesses from you guys on this. How many of the top 100 goal scorers do the Flyers have? Top 100? Yes. That's that's a lot of players. Um, uh, three. Bundy? I'm gonna say. Uh, I'm gonna say uh, two. They have four. Okay. Atkinson at night uh, is 99th. Tippett is 82nd. Farabee is 63rd. Konechny is ninth in the league. In assists, how many of the top 100 players do they have in assists? Zero. <laughs> I'll, I'll go three again. It's two. Travis okay. Sanheim right. and Sean Couturier. But here's what I like, all right? This is where you get to nut crunch in time. Shorthanded goals. Oh, they're, Last they're, night, they're phenomenal. Go ahead. Last night, Travis Konechny scored his third shorthanded goal of the season. He's he leads the league. He's yeah. tied with Logan O'Connor. I'm pretty sure and, uh, it's, Simon not even, it's not even individual. I mean, look at the, t- the whole, look at the team stats. I'm pretty sure that they're top two or three, if not if they're not number one in 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 shorthanded goals, they're top two or three. Um, yeah, they've been fantastic on on the. Can program. you name? Can you name the shorthanded goal scores from this this season's team? I have them all here. There's what five of them? Yep. Uh, well, we know we know Konechny, right? Yeah. Lawton. No, I I don't know if Lawton has a short. Lawton does. Lawton has one. Yeah. Um, and sorry, it's only four guys have a shorthanded four. goal. So it's Lawton, it's Lawton, Konechny, and then two uh, others. Atkinson, Atkinson. Katoria, Katoria. Nope. I want to get it from the people in the in the comments too. I can give you guys a hint. One is a fourth liner, and one defense. is a defenseman. Yeah, just say Sean Walker. Sean Walker has two shorthanded goals this season. Oh, that's right. Yeah, they were back to back. And there's game. a there's a fourth liner that also has one. Uh, was it Paling? Paling. Yeah, Correct. He didn't play last night. So I, you look at that, and I, I definitely think that we need to talk about how good the PK has been and how lethal. But this is the other thing. When you look at overtime goals and you look at game-winning goals in this league, the Flyers have done a fantastic job of finding guys with a clutch gene. And when you think about a team that's rebuilding and you think about a team that had little to no expectation going into the season, when you see a Sean Couturier and a Cam Atkinson have both scored two game-winning goals this year, and when you take a look at like how this team has kind of in the past, I think, been dogged by overtime, and especially when you have to get to the shootout, which you fear, the fact that they've got uh, Couturier has, uh, what, two overtime goals this season, they kind of have found the guys to go to in those situations, and they have guys who are performing in the biggest moments. And if nothing else, if there's nothing else that people take from the start of the season, it has to be that these guys seem to have settled into their roles 
and they trust one another, and they trust one another to perform. And that has to mean something. Yeah, no, it does. I mean, Russ, they're, they're killing penalties at 85.9%. That hasn't been, I, I, if I, I would have to really, really go back in time to find the last time the Flyers were that efficient killing penalties. I mean, it goes back to, it might not even, I would even say, Bundy, I'm not even sure the Mike Richards-Simone Gagne pairing, you know, when they were doing the same thing and, and scoring a lot of shorthanded goals, I'm not sure they killed at 85.9. That's a very high percentage. What was the percentage again, Ant? Was it 80, 89.5? 85.9 is what they're killing at now. Okay. They're, they're, they're sixth in the NHL uh, overall. Um Believe it or not, there are four, five teams that are killing better than that, which is crazy. But um, the Devils are on pace for the best PK percentage, I think. No power in the history of this. You're looking at the Devils. No, I'm, looking at, I'm looking at PK. Hold on, or is this last year? No. Sorry, this is a. No, this is from. I'm looking at the all time. It was 89.6. It was the 2011-2012 Devils. That's my fault. Yeah, yeah, no, no. The Bruins are 89.4, which is. Insane. Yeah, so they're on they're on pace to yeah, potentially. And, and, yeah, Bruins can, and the Kings are there too. The, the Kings are at eighty eight point nine on the season. That's insane. Yeah, so Bruins, Kings, Golden Knights. I mean, those are three of the best teams in hockey. Who are one, two, three? Dallas is four. They're another really good team. Columbus is the outlier at five, and then you got the Flyers, and then Colorado and the Rangers. So like six of the top eight or seven, if you count the Flyers, seven yeah. of the top eight. Are you know, it's really funny. Teams. You know, it's funny when you just mentioned those, and I didn't even know when I looked at it. Every one of those teams, especially a couple of top-heavy ones, have excellent defensive forwards on those teams. Yes. Uh, yes. Look at them. Everyone you just mentioned, except for Columbus, but there's still guys that do kill well. They're like Boone Jenner. Yeah. Uh, like they have, you know, they have some big body guys. But those other ones you just mentioned, Anthony, they have big forwards that are willing to block shots, take up a lot of space on the ice. Uh, look at Katuri, the difference he's made this year, just coming back yep. with with uh, you know his presence and his reach. Um, and I'm trying to think of one more that that is kind of cool. I'm getting cut my face. Well, well, LA. I mean, you got you know LA Kopitar. Kopitar. That was the other yeah. comparison. And then, and yeah. then of course Colorado with you know Ranton and guys like that that are big body yeah. guys. So it's it it really is defensive forwards, veteran leadership to me translated into good penalty killing. And I think that's one of the reasons that we've seen it uh, as such. Power play, it's a skill thing. It, that's all it is. It's just that little bit of extra skill. You know, I was talking to Jonesy last week. We were in the upstairs outside our studio before the game. And I was just saying, like, you know, the power play, when you watch one of those defensemen, I played with a guy like Sergey Zuboff for that little cup of coffee I had in Dallas. Dude, this guy would do things that there's not a lot of defensemen that could do. Power play guys like a Lidstrom. And, it's a, and I say in the – it's like a split second of just being able to manipulate a defender to create the space – to find an open shot or an open seam. And that's the difference between really what we're using now for point men and what's out there and what the difference is. It's, it's so subtle, but it's everything. And that's why the power play, I, I think, yet is a timing issue. It's a skill issue. But one thing you can do with penalty kill, you can be quick, you can be diligent, and you can work, and you can block shots. That's another thing. So... It's yeah. a good combination they've had, and that's why they, I think they've looked successful most nights. Well, I remember, I remember John Stevens used to say to me, um, you know, if you want to find a team that is going to be a, a tough team to play against and you want to look at their special teams, he said add up their power play percentage and their penalty kill percentage. If it's 105 or higher, 
that team is going to be a very difficult team to beat, especially in a playoff series. Um, he says if it's under 105, he says that you know you're going to have to um, their strength might be five on five play. He said, but you can take advantage of them in special teams. And right now, the Flyers have a penalty kill that would get you to 105 if you had just an average power play, right? They're at 85.9. You only have to be 19.1, you know, or um, yeah, 19.1 to get to 105. They're 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 at 12.2. So they're the Flyers combined right now is like 90 98.1. 97. Yeah. 98 point. They got they got their your temperature. <laughs> their your body temperature is their combined. It's nuts. It, it is crazy to think, like, it's it's maddening in a sense, right? Because I get it. Like, and I'm, I'm looking at this, right? Like, Gary bringing the negativity this morning about how they're in perpetual mediocrity, no means of getting a first-line center, number one D-man. Gary, I hate to tell you, but, like, I, I've said this a few times now. I'm as big of an advocate of the rebuild as possible, right? But every scout or every person who we know who is responsible for assessing what this upcoming draft class is says that there are no franchise cornerstones in the upcoming draft. It is not the 2023 draft. By the way, the team will eventually, probably, fall off. And when they do, it'll be fine. But it's okay to enjoy these moments. And it's okay to find some positives in some of these games. It doesn't make anyone a homer. It doesn't mean that somebody's wearing you know, rose-shaded glasses or whatever. Like, it's okay. It's it's fine to enjoy a win. The the Coyotes were on a bit of a tear, right? Like, it's fine. You can you can enjoy a win. It is, it, like, truly, it's okay. They're not going to bottom out all the way. As long as John Tortorella is the coach, there's no shot of this thing bottoming all the way out. The only way to do it is, or, or even get close to it, is by selling off some of these players. So I, I do want to take us to one place because it, it was brought, put out there by Darren Drager that the Flyers could potentially try to command a first-round pick for Sean Walker. Mm-hmm. And I know that we've talked about this a few times. And like it feels like every week that we discuss, what could you get for Sean Walker? He just continues to play better and better. And it's hard because on one hand, you look at it and you say, he might actually be like a relatively affordable guy. Like, Maybe you found a, a, a diamond in the rough and like he's worth keeping around at a at a low hit. But at the same time, like there is all the prior tape on him. If you can get a first round pick in the midst of a rebuild, like you are in a tough position there. Like it, it might make sense to look at a deal. Where do you land at? So I I talked to a couple people about this um within the organization. And and they're you know, they're torn a little bit because Walker has surprised them. Walker is better than they thought he was going to be. They honestly thought they were just getting an NHL body back that could, you know, that they could just kind of be a bridge defenseman, uh, you know, for the, as part of this rebuild. Um, and they got a player who's a lot better than that. And, you know, Danny came on with us uh, back right before Thanksgiving, and, and, and he said, you know, sometimes two years out, is the best year is when you get a real evaluation on a player uh, coming off of an injury. Um, and, and you know, they look at Walker and they see the way that he's playing and they look and say, well, he's 29. Could he be, you know, if we're, if we're looking at this as we're, you know, two to three seasons on a rebuild, can he still be part of what we're doing, you know, in two to three seasons? And is that more valuable than going out and getting a, a, a draft pick? Uh, for him at the deadline and they're debating that they really like him 
Um, they like they like his approach, you know, off ice. They like the way he works in the film room. They like the way that he works at practice. And now obviously they like the way he's been playing. Um, so I think that it, it, it's a tough call for them right now. I, you know, if I think that they're going to let the results dictate uh, ultimately, if they're still kind of in this thing at the deadline, I would not be surprised if Sean Walker stays with the team. But if they, you know, are bubble on the outside looking in, then they probably move Sean Walker for that first round pick um, if they yeah. can get it. Um, but that's yeah. kind of where they are. They're debating. They're debating it right now. Like they think that there is a possibility that he can help this team. There's a lot of uh, we were talking last night too, Anthony. I, I know I do the Flyers pregame radio uh, before the game. We were talking about. I see the next one about Risto's value. Uh, I would. I have. Uh, I would personally be running to trade that if there's an opportunity. I just don't know when that moment comes where, because Toronto will need him. I have zero problem moving Risto, like none. I don't, someone's saying, well, does it disrupt well, the chemistry of the room? Who cares at this point? Yeah. Nobody gives a fuck. <laughs> so that's what I'm saying. Like, this is again. There it is, the first Bundy Bomb of the morning. 21 what, minutes, what 22 seconds. <laughs> I forgot the morning after is the only way we swear, right? But, like, that's one. Yeah, we're allowed to. But they were asking about, like, the, the, the locker room and chemistry. Like, it doesn't matter right now. Nobody, like, move, if there's a chance to move a guy like that with that contract for what he plays at. And, again, I don't know what a 5, 6, or a 7 defenseman makes in this league anymore, but I can't imagine it's $5.25 million a year. So what I'm saying is, is that if Toronto wants them and, and they were at, so here, I'll let you take over and hold on. Yeah, 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 no, were, no, go ahead. Yeah, no, what I'm th- saying is if you can move them now, move them. Who cares about waiting till the deadline if somebody's going to overpay you? So what I'm saying is I am about compiling as many high picks as I can. And if there's a lot to move or a Risto or someone like that, go get, move them. Don't wait on it because to me, it's like, and I don't know if they think it's going to get like sexier or bigger. That's what I'm asking, Anthony. If Toronto wants Risto, and I I know they do, I know they do. Somebody wants him because they need, Toronto's been trying to fill a gap for one of three or four defensemen for the last fucking 10 years. It never works. They keep getting this guy, that guy, the other guy. We love this guy. We want him. And then they go there and they don't work out. So Toronto ends up with two defensemen in the playoffs and everybody's wondering what happened. So if there's an offer out there, what would be the hesitation yeah. to not trade him? And, and I'll, I'll, this is where I'll 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 you know, try and add a little bit of of nuance to this. So I don't disagree with you on Ristolainen, but the problem is it, it's not that simple because of his contract. So you have to take that contract and. Yeah, is Toronto interested? Of course they are. Like I, the reports are out there. You know, we were talking about it last week. Um, you know, it had come to me, uh, and, and I didn't put it out there because what I had found out was although Toronto had been scouting and they had scouts at the the games, mm-hmm. um, and they've been talking to Danny uh, and interested, they are re- they're requiring a um, salary retention. And now you're you're the Flyers. It's not like you can retain just part of the salary for this year, like you or this year plus next year. You have to retain for the remainder of the contract. And the question is, are the Flyers willing to eat, say, thirty percent of that contract 
for the remainder of it. If, in fact, they are going to be contending maybe a little bit sooner than five years from now, right? So let's say you're you're looking at it and you're saying, okay, we're going to be a contending team uh, for, you know, we think we can get there within two to three years. Well, if if we are, why do we want to saddle ourselves with dead money in the years that we think that we're going to be good? And so, therefore, yeah. look, if you're if someone's willing to take if Toronto or anybody is willing to take Rasmus first alignment and his contract in its totality, I, I think it's an easy sell. You take it. You, you, you give away Rasmus first alignment at this point. Right. You get that money off that contract off your books. But the fact that you have to eat money, it's that's where the challenge be- comes in, because now it's not just saying, OK, yeah, well, we have the money to pay. We'll pay it. It's a matter of managing the cap in the years that you think you're going to be good and determining when exactly that is going to be that becomes a concern and you want to make sure you get it right because if you you don't want to be in a situation where like okay we're ready to be good we just need that one more piece and oh shoot we can't go get that piece because we have to pay three million dollars of Rasmus for line and or whatever you know like that's where it's got to be you got to be careful and so I, I do have a counter to that though yeah. So you have to like, and obviously it's hard to project out, right? But like the the big thing has been three years, three years, three years, right? Three years from now is when you expect to have Matvey Mishkov, right? So I don't know if if three years means the twenty five twenty six season or the twenty six twenty seven season. Do you know? Twenty six twenty. You're probably looking twenty. So twenty. So if, well, if, 24, 24, 25, 25. no, tw- no twenty. That's three years that he's we signed. Think that this, this, we think the season probably counts as one. So okay. Yeah, twenty six, twenty seven. Well, I mean, here's the only thing There's is There's a chance. I mean, All right. So let's let's just say best come case. over a year sooner. So let's John say the best Bowser, case is twenty is 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 the twenty five <laughs> there you go. <laughs> That's pretty good. Fuck, I love that. <laughs> if someone can justify twenty dollars a beer at the arena, someone can justify yeah, risk of five mil. True. So here's the thing. Like if you if you look at the deal, right, it's five point one a year. If you're to say, all right, best case scenario, you have a Mishkov over here, 25-26. By that point, you will have assumed Cutter Gauthier is in his second year. He'll be entering his second year because you think he'll be well, here next year. Well, if, I think if things go well. This year. He'll be here. No, 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 but I'm saying, I'm saying that like that'll yeah, be his second full season, right? 25-26. And if Mishkov comes over that year early in 25-26, all right, then you'd have two years left on the deal. It'd be that season and the following one. Mm-hmm. The cap is supposed to go up by about $4 million this year. And even if it remained flat, right, you say there's your Risto savings, right? Like that that's part of the retention. Like you are where you are. You are locked into the deals that you're locked into right now. Contracts that you won't have on the books anymore, Cam Atkinson. You will have, hopefully, a Mishkov and a Gauthier making pennies on the dollar to be two of Wait, your better don't, players don't, on don't the forget, team. Don't forget, Russ, you've already retained for 25-26 $3.57 million of Kevin Hayes. Yes. Keep that in mind. So now now you're yeah, talking yeah. about adding in another two million, right? Mm-hmm. For for or maybe just under two million for R- Risto. Now you now you're suddenly putting yourself over five million dollars in dead money. Like I mean, okay, so so ca- okay, so again, counterpoint. If if you're to save, because remember, again, you will be saving about almost six million dollars of Cam Atkinson's money that currently exists on the cap to have two of those good young players. You also, in theory, wouldn't be paying about $2 million to Nick Deloria a year, and you also wouldn't maybe have to pay like $1.4, $1.5 for like a Paling or a Hathaway. I'm yeah, just but, saying but, that like there, there is a but, way but, that like you could you could make second. those numbers work. No, and you don't have it's to go not. Nuts. You're wrong. I'll tell you why you're wrong, because you got to pay somebody. 
You got to pay somebody. Yeah. So if you say, well, you don't have Atkinson. Well, you don't have Delorier. Well, you don't have this guy. Well, okay, maybe you don't, but then who do you have? And what are you paying them? Like, you're like you're still going to have to give out money. I mean, yeah. like, you're going to – is Travis Konechny going to be signed? Are you going to keep Konechny? If you are, you're going to be, be paying be, him. He'll be at a bigger number. He's not going to be at a much bigger a year. Number. He's not going to make 11. No, but eight. he's going to make eight. Yeah. eight. I think eight. it's eight. Yeah. So if he's That's getting fair. eight million a year, so that that is your Cam Atkinson money right there. I mean, goes to, goes to Konechny. So it's you're not adding anything no, new. That's only happened. so that's why it's 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 still a challenge. I mean, even if the cap goes, cap's going to go up four million for twenty four twenty five. Mm-hmm. Maybe goes up a, a, that same amount twenty five twenty six. I, I think it'll probably be just slightly you would, less. You would than have that. to hope that between now and the twenty five twenty six season, it's going to go up. Let's say six million total, right between yeah. now and then. Okay. Okay. I'm just saying, yeah. like, yes, you're going to have Konechny is going to have to get a, a pay bump, assuming they don't move him. Couturier yeah. is locked in at the number he's in. Farabee is locked in at the number that he's yeah. at, five million. Well, you might be a Lawton. guy that can get moved. Maybe. It's possible. Lawton yeah. is a guy who I, I don't know. If they if they re-up him, is it going to be much more than the three million he's making? Maybe, no. maybe not. Hard to say. Probably not. Um is Morgan Frost going to be here? Are you going to go through restricted free agency with him? I get what you're saying. I, I totally hear it. And then, like, I guess the other counter to it is Bobby Brink, Tyson Forster. They're going to be on relatively cheap deals because they're going to go in RFA in the next two years. Uh, and Owen Tippett is, like, another guy who's going to be in restricted free agency. None of these guys are going to break the bank in a significant way. So I guess my point is, if you have the cap going up, and we're talking about, hey, that first year, maybe you have more dead money than you want to deal with. And like maybe you're not ready to go out and get the equivalent of a pitch of a Petrangelo to come in and be your number one defenseman. I get it. Like I hear you. Then then maybe it is a little bit frustrating. And then maybe you do have to maneuver. The the ultimate thing here that we haven't even touched on that will actually matter at that point is what's the deal with Carter Hart? Yeah. In two or three years, it remains the ultimate unknown variable. That's this year. That's next year. That's by that point in time. Will they trade him? Will he be here? Will he be playing? Like, there are so many different factors that go into it. And I totally hear you. And I think that we're kind of on the same-ish page. I don't think that you blow up a potential deal. If if Toronto is willing to give you a first-round pick for Rasmus Ristolainen, if you retain 30 to 40% of the salary, and you're talking about doing a rebuild, even if that Toronto pick is late in the first round, or is like middle of the first round, you're doing yourself a disservice to not take that first round pick because not only is that draft capital, it's potentially capital to go out and make a trade, to make a deal for a potential number one defenseman or for a potential top line score by the time you're ready to uh, you know move this thing forward. It's just a thought. Like I'm all about collecting assets. I, Speaking, I don't worry about. I the know you money. are. I know you are. You're you're Mr. Assets. 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 Assets doesn't always work that way but that's okay um speaking of carter hart is he this team's all-star this year ah man him or i you know what i would do i would make it connect me because he got hosed last year because they sent fucking Hayes went like there's no way that was ridiculous i know it was nice gesture yeah but uh, yeah i mean tk got boned last year he did everybody he knows did. it yeah you know it's one of those ones where you're like Holy fuck. Like, if you're the all-star that goes, you'd be like, geez, I feel kind of shitty going. I mean, that's the other guy that should be going. But 
Yeah, I'm TK all the way. And, yeah, Hart would be a, a tight second. But because of all the stuff that's gone on, like in the – you know, the last year he was out – you know, he, he just hasn't been as consistent as TK's been, I think, over the last two years. And I think the league owes an IOU to TK for passing him over last year for, you know, a, a nice gesture for Hayes and all that. But whatever, I mean – TK should have gone. This isn't a fucking contest where you picked like the most popular guy to go to an all-star game. You know, you earn your way there. So I, I think, I think that Travis should go and I think he's deserved it. Really. He does. Well, I mean, I'll be honest with you. I mean, it not teams don't, a lot of teams don't get more than one um, unless they're like, you know, superstars, but is it, is it possible that, you know, you send both of them? Yeah. That would be the fair thing to do. The heart's been as good as anybody, like especially of late. You know, it's been a couple hiccups through his maybe like mid midpoint of where he's at now, beginning, and then if we're at the end of the twenty-five game mark, maybe a hiccup or two in between. But man, he was he was really uh, he's been really really good, especially the last week. Man, he's been sensational some nights, uh, especially against Pittsburgh at home. That was his best game. Yeah, he was good uh, again. He was good again last night. Excellent. Yeah, very, very. You know, I always say a great goaltender to me is a guy that makes just a routine stop and then can make one or two excellent saves in a hockey game, and he's done that. Um, yeah. You know, I just look at the standings, Anthony. One of the kind of outliers, I just look at, like, the league in, in general. Amazing to think that we're at this point in the year, and the Ottawa Senators have seven games in hand on the Columbus Blue Jackets. Some, I, it's like Toronto, Toronto never plays. I mean, uh, Ottawa never plays. Seven fucking games at this point in schedule. Who put that together? Yeah, what's well, unbelievable? Have, they're that's 10, 11, and zero. They're in dead last in the conference with a 10 and 11 record. So I just want to remind people when you look at bad in this league, it's not like 1980s Hartford bad anymore. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's not Winnipeg of 197 or you know, 1982 where it's being blown out. The teams are so close, and the systems and the coaching keep things so tight that the standings are going to be – like, you could be in a playoff spot pretty feeling pretty good with two weeks ago, and you go on a, on a bad roll, and you're done. Like, yeah. you you lose out, you're finished. That's how tight the, the, the spots are for playoffs. Look at Tampa Bay. Like, what are they going to do? You know, yeah. they, got, they got to make some decisions because they're really – like, they've really I've fallen quicker than I thought. And I, I know Vasilevsky's come back, but – like these are other teams that need to start worrying about their own shit too, right? Like yeah. coming off a cup. So that's why it's a good thing right now. Um, and in and, and terms of what the Flyers are at as a team, because I think there's a lot of like little open windows if you do the right thing. You don't need a ton. You need high end skill and you need that number one defenseman. That's really yeah. where you're at. Well, and the reason that I was I was mentioning Carter he, after the game last night, he now is the uh, number one in the Eastern uh, Eastern Conference amongst uh, goalies with goals against at two point four five. He's now second or tied for second in the Eastern Conference uh, with save percentage at nine sixteen. Only Jerry is at higher at nine seventeen. So he is literally the guy in the conference right now. Uh, he's been better than Shesterkin. He's been better than Bobrovsky. He's been better than, you know, you name it, any Eastern Conference goalie. Um, and so, like, to me, I, I think that there's a possibility the Flyers could get two guys at the All-Star game this year. Just saying. Yeah. yeah Rebuilding team sending two guys to the All-Star game. This is exactly how we drew it up in the offseason. You know what? 
there's Konechny we knew would be, be good, and we thought Hart would be good. But really, I think the glue for this group so far this year and has been Couturier for me. And, and you know what, guys? Please, and I'll say this, and it's not a slight at other guys. Do not discredit what they got rid of on purpose this summer and how yeah. that changes what a locker room is. When you take a lot of the fat out of what's in that room and you it, it's deemed that it's been – treacherous to that room or it can sink your locker room and you get rid of those pieces, yeah, a lot can a lot can turn for well, you pretty. Torts is Torts keeps saying it. Like he keeps saying about the room and how the room is so much better. And and when you think about what they took out of the room, I mean, yes, was was Ke- Kevin Hayes was a light guy. Ivan Provorov was not. Tony D'Angelo was insane. Like so like you take those three guys <laughs> You know, I mean, Hayes is a liked guy, but he, you know, it, it was not a good player. So was lazy. Yeah. So, was, so that's Hayes what it was. was lazy. And you, you know what? Yori Latera was liked, too. But it didn't mean that he was a good player. Well, he was liked and it didn't mean reason. he was good for the team. Well, I'm Who just saying. Trade, you, know, you know what? We only gave up Braden Shen for him. At least they still have the other two guys. Can I tell you guys something? You know, I scour the press box a little bit. I'll never throw anybody under the bus. But the one one uh, like trade that they're really pissed at still for the last regime was the Risto trade. They're so mad they gave away that first round pick, and mm-hmm. that Chuck did. Like that was one that they kind of thought they might have been able to, to make swing something in that. I think it was a fourteenth pick, right, Anthony? Something like that, yeah. Not like that, yeah. yeah. But yeah, like I I hear that piece. There are some people that do think he's a true six or a seven, a seven even. Well, that's yeah. why. That's why if somebody is willing to knock on your door and to make you an offer, even if it means you have to retain some salary, you have to. Yeah, but, but retaining do, some on, salary and, is one I'll, thing, but retaining thirty yeah. percent of it is another thing. Yeah, you know, right, that, right, right. I mean, yes, there are levels of the salary that you could get away. Okay, if it's a million. It's like bucks, what one point one point eight million a year? You know, I don't think I don't think right, he's awful. I just think he tries to do too much. Yeah. You know, yeah. just keep it simple. Go back, get the puck out, get up the ice, go back, rinse, wash, repeat. You know, he had a good offensive play last night. He got up, actually, almost scored a goal. But it's not all. It's not all the time. And I, I'm just saying, like, if there's offers out there, and I don't know, like, again, Anthony, I don't know what's a first round pick anymore and what isn't. Like, you know, if the guys are getting offered like Lawton in the summer, if if that's one you don't want to look back, oh, I'd like to get a redo on that one. But I don't know if that's the case because, you know, there are guys in the room that are good guys. Scotty Lawton is a great guy. And, you know, you don't know what you're getting when you trade away for the unknown or a pick. But at the same time, you want to continue to upgrade your lineup. And I do think that when you get an opportunity to do that, I think that they have to pull the trigger. And I, and I don't want to get into a, too much at the end because I think at the end of the day, if you're trying to trade a guy and there's somebody interested in him now, they may not have that same interest later in March because there might be somebody else that becomes available on a team that you may have more interest in than the guy you thought maybe four months earlier you wanted. You know, so you guys I'm are talking about deals. You're talking about deals. Yeah, I'm just going the trigger on things. And yeah. I'm going to tell you what, there's only one place to pull a real, to pull the trigger and to, to make Mr. a deal Mr. this Mr. weekend. And that of course is shop.snowthegoalie.com. I am not kidding. We have had so many orders come in the last four days. I think it's been, the biggest four-day stretch since we initially opened the shop. Shop.snowthegoalie.com. You have until Monday for our fulfiller to guarantee your delivery by Christmas. Now, I will tell you that in for the most part, 
this stuff, the turnaround has been like four-ish days. We've had people telling us that like it's only been a few days from the time they've placed their order until it's arrived. It's not, you know, going to be Amazon Prime two-day shipping, but it's it's really fast. Anyway, you go over to shop.snowthegoalie.com. You can pick up your I'm a Torts Girl shirt, your I'm a Torts Guy shirt. You've got the orange and black, the Bundy Bomb shirt. Coots, go out and celebrate the guy who's flipped the thing on its head, Sean Couturier. We, of course, also have some of our best sellers, including the Snow the Goalie logo, Mishkov Mania, the Crest, the Bundy Butte shirt. Head over to shop.snowthegoalie.com. Everything is in these beautiful drop-down menus where you can find each and every product. It's not just what you see on this page. There are so many products with even more designs to come. So head over we, to shop.snowthegoalie.com. Yeah, I was looking at a couple of the designs that are coming. I like them. They're going to be good. I, 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 we, we have some great stuff. And you know what? You can't, yeah. you can't fire them all off at once. You know, you have to you have to do like somewhat delayed gratification. So pick these up for Chris Mahana Kwanzaa. And then we'll put some more in after the holiday. And then that can get you ready for when we do our tailgate in the spring, guys. You know, people come out with their, their uh, shirts because we'll do the Flyers uh, Carnival, the Charities Carnival again this year. And get Bundy to sign your shirt. You can come take some pictures. You know, we've had people, it's it's funny, guys, and I'm sure that you find it just as funny as I do, the We've Got Balls shirt. We do have a design in the process. I don't know if it'll be ready in time to make it to your home by Chris Mahana Kwanzaa, but we do have a We've Got Balls shirt design. That's like most of the way ready. And if we can, we'll get it up. That we, I'll get it up in the store this week, <laughs> and I'll, I'll put it out on social media, okay? What? No, it's what just, was that laugh? We was to that? I will get it up. <laughs> I mean, that sounds. Uh, yeah, yeah, it we have some great stuff. <laughs> we do. There's there's some good stuff. But I, I guys, I always find it funny. Like we always talk about, hey, you know, it's really cool that people always come up every game at the press row show, and they come out and they like they chat with us, they watch the game with us, like they get to enjoy a a Bundy Bomb shirt. Oh, I'll tell you, I have one thing for Allison there in a second. Um, but like when people come up to us and they're wearing the merch. Yeah, it's just awesome. so cool. I don't know. I, I like I, I'm a sucker for that. Like Bundy, I'm sure if you see somebody wearing a Tarion six jersey, you feel like a sense of pride. Right. But like yeah, to see one a blue moon. Sure. It's cool. Yeah. But like to see that and like to see the people support the show in the way that they do. It really does mean a lot. Uh, Allison, I will tell you that my my wife, who's become like our one of our main designers now for for shirts, she has a shirt that. I think would sell really well. I just need her to send me the, the finalized image, but it's, I'm a Danny girl and it has a, a, a tie and the number 48 on it. It's good. So I think I like the, the rustache rust shirt. We're not doing a rustache. We're not doing a rustache. <laughs> There's just no way. Just you, know, you, may not, you may not be allowed. You may not be allowed to change the look until they have a losing record with the rustache. That's fine. I'll keep the rustache. It's fine. I hated it for a long time, but my wife really likes it, so I'm just gonna. Yeah, but you can't let the you can't let the, the five o'clock shadow start to sneak in because Dude, then it goes back I, I to, back to I, being a I tried goatee. taking this out last night. I'm gonna have to get out like the straight blade to do it. Anyway, yeah. Um, there you go. Jay Grebby wants a rustache shirt. I don't know, man. I don't know. That seems like <laughs> I do want to go back to something that Allison said earlier in the show because I, I meant to bring it up. Allison has had two really funny comments. Um, Allison checked in before because she was in the car line with her kids. Just have to say my kids, five and seven, just got out of the car for school and both were upset there was no Bundy bomb before they had to get out of the car. <laughs> I'm clearly winning at this parenting thing. <laughs> you know what? That's fantastic. That's fantastic. 
That's so good. It's, it's pretty great. So. Can I tell you? I'll tell a funny story. I may have told this on the show before, but just in, if I haven't, I, but it's it's a very similar one. And Allison, I'm gonna probably get a kick out of it. So um, back in uh, 2000, this is Flyers related too. So back in 2000, uh, I guess it was 11, the Flyers um, were playing in a playoff series against Buffalo, um, and they had lost a game up in Buffalo. Michael Layton was in goal. And he had not played most of the year, um, had just come into the, you know, they Lavi was looking for a goalie because all the goalies sucked, um, brought him in for a playoff game. He was terrible. Um, he did not make the team flight back from Buffalo and was MIA. Like no one had been in touch with, they didn't know where he was. And so I got a report on this and, you know, I put it out there. So the day after that happens, the, the, you know, my report goes out. It's in the paper the next morning. I'm taking the kids to school. And my kids are young at that point, right? They're, you know, my Anthony's, you know, a teenager, but the, you know, the kids are a little bit younger. And uh, so we're in the van. I had a minivan. <laughs> we're in the car. And I'm backing out of my driveway. And my phone rings. And so I put it on through the car. And it's Homer. And Homer calls me. says, Anthony Paul Homer. And I say, Hey, Paul, what's up? That's the only words that ever came out of my mouth during the entire conversation. He <laughs> proceeds to F-bomb me left, right, and center about this Michael Layton report, right, that I had put out there. And then hangs up the phone as if you know, I, me and none of the guys, none of the from this organization is ever going to effing talk to you again. Boom. Hang up the phone. And he hangs up on the other end. There's about a moment of silence, like a 10 seconds in the car, when finally my daughter from the back goes, Daddy, why was that man so mad at you? <laughs> That's good stuff. It's like, well, I can tell you, Amelia, we'll, we'll be another another time for that story. But. And the, the, the hatchet was buried, just so you know. <laughs> That's yeah. how when managers, you know, it's funny when he did that. GMs and hockey people, we've seen it, right? Like, they can blow a stack in a second. If someone yeah, just yeah. disagrees or they have the wrong yeah. coffee in the morning and it's like they lost the night before and – it's just like they get caught in the moment too, and uh, that's how we said when we were broadcasting. Me and Jonesy would joke, be like, "Yeah, if you lose a game, it's like we'd have like a thing where we'd say, getting on the airplane, like, all right, game faces, right? Like we, yeah. we'd be on the media bus, and we're like, <laughs> fuck, all right, well, we lost, but I'm still gonna have like a little comedy show on the way to the airport, like that's what I did, right? Like, we're gonna laugh because I'm not gonna sit here and cry on a fucking 20 minute bus ride. We didn't play. We want the team to win." <laughs> But I'm not going to mope about it the whole way there. So it, it, me and Jonesy would always say, get the game face out before you get on the plane. And then it was really bad because you knew if, if things were really bad when the manager would start looking at the media guys wrong, like the broadcasters. Like we actually had something to do with the loss. Yes, so exactly. That, that, that's just the pressure of being in that spot and, and wanting to win. It's pretty funny. Pretty funny. Let's get into a little fight here. So this is Greg from Vineland. He told me the other day that he was going to bring this up. Greg checks in on YouTube. Russ is right. Goon is by far the best hockey movie. And then here is the fallout. Sean C says Goon is the worst. Smitty says Goon is a good movie. Sean C says I'm 32 and Slapshot reigns supreme. Then we've got people supporting Shorzy, which isn't a movie, but it's okay, a so I could, well, sure, Can I say something about Shorzy? So my Please good do. friend, John, John Morasti, who is a known, I mean, legendary minor league tough guy. He is on the Shore Shorzy, Shorzy, and I am absolutely certain if we ever wanted to have him on, he would come on with us. Uh, I actually gave him a storyline 
And he called the producer right in front of me and said, we have to use this storyline in one of the shows. I was out in Wyoming calling Ice Wars International with him this summer. He's part, he's a, he was a commissioner, uh, but great guy. And I know that for Shorzy fans, uh, John is, uh, is legendary. So I, I, I think to have him on sometime, I would love to do that because he's a great guest, great guy, and he'd be a lot of fun. That'd be I'd great to do that. Yeah, yeah. to do it. I yeah. think so. Um, guys, is there anything else you wanted to get to? Like usually, I this have, is—I I feel like yeah. this is this this is our this is our problem, right? Like we we do these morning after shows. We mean for them to be fifteen-minute shows, and then like in a way, the morning after show ends up kind of becoming like the week's snow the goalie. Yeah, I don't know. I almost feel like we have to figure that one out. I do miss doing the uh, the sit downs. I will tell you, um, tell the people we've talked about this on the press row show. <laughs> that studio that the Flyers have been putting together since um, the summer. Uh, is supposed to be done by mid-January. They, is what, they actually is, what, is they, what we're hearing. They called the guy named Jesus. He's a carpenter. He's working things out right now. <laughs> oh my God, he's he's schedules a little busy this time of year. He's busy, yeah, but he's, right. his name is Jesus. He's a carpenter. Apparently, he's pretty good. He's working it out right now. Oh my God! Here you know why are. I was laughing there for a second, Russ? Why? Because it was a classic Russ moment. It was a classic Russ moment. You guys have anything else? And Bundy goes, yeah. And then Russ goes on a 30-second rant into, before he gets it out of his mouth. Before he can- Okay. I, I do have something. I know we kind of use this. This is what happens, Russ. We're trying to use this as like our also our podcast with the morning after. And I think that's kind of what happened. Because to get out and find another whole thing, you know, to do another pod, it's sometimes a little bit hard because there's so many games going um, right now. I, I did have an announcement because I know we're going to get wrapped up. I can feel it. Um, I put a thing on a Twitter last night for man caves, uh, uh, flyers, uh, assembly rooms, whatever you call them, uh, memorabilia rooms. And I had so many people send me stuff to Twitter. So you could see behind me here. This is not my room. This is a uh, this is another digital background that I used. I had so many amazing things and um, I'm going to continue trying to switch them. So you never know what I'm going to use them or who's I'm going to use. But I just wanted to thank everybody for participating. That well, was well, great. That's awesome. What you should do, though, Bundy, is you should tell us whose who's man cave ends up as your background. I, I, I'm going to try to do that. So this one here, I don't yeah. know. But it looks really good. <laughs> <laughs> whoever's whoever's man cave this is, is fantastic. Bundy, was that from what? last night's Twitter thread? No, I used this one last time. So I actually have sitting there. I'm like, I look before and they say, I'm like, whoa, look, you can add a background. So I'm like, I can have a lot of fun with this, but you know, I want to keep it obviously family friendly and I would, but I wanted to use, well, why don't I just put flyer background? So last night on Twitter, the participation we had was amazing. And you guys, please feel free to take some, people have some unbelievable, genuine ideas, passion for this team. And it is unbelievable to see. Like, so I, I truly thank you. Another thing too, guys, just wanted to make a, uh, an announcement. One of my, a good friend of ours, uh, of mine as well, uh, Greg Smith who is on the Power Play wheelchair team. Uh, he's been in the hospital for a week. He's a great listener to this show, a great fan of ours, and I'm a humongous fan of his. Uh, went and played last year in, in the, with the Power Play uh, team uh, down at the Wells Fargo Center. So I just want to say, Greg, feel better, buddy. Get well. He's been in the hospital for over a week, and I uh, just want to let you know that we love you, and uh, we're thinking of you here at Snow the Goalie along with all our fans. So get Absolutely. well soon, my friend, and look forward get to well. seeing Yep. I love this idea of Bundy in your basement. Yeah, let's we'll figure it out. Elf we on a it. shelf, mensch on a bench, Bundy in the basement. 
but Anthony did send the best elf on a shelf uh, thing yesterday oh in the history. God, I mean, that, I, that was ridiculous. I know we can't. I mean, that we're not. That is that. just unbelievable. No, it's some not. Things just better, that's the, that's the real just world. Ross. The, He's from Delco, the, and that's the real world. That's right. Just I went out to Del. I love Delco. You go. To- I went to Delco. Like I was there last year. It was around Easter time, right? And I'm driving along, and they're selling Easter flowers in the parking lot of the strip joint. I'm like, look at that. How about that? Not- now that's ingenuity right there. That's American ingenuity at its finest. Jeez. Rust on the shelf. We're- Rust on We're the gonna- shelf. Oh, stop this one. Here we go. By the way, Susan, thank you, Susan. Susan bought an orange and black T-shirt. Loved it. Washed it. No wrinkles or shrinkage. And that's good, especially this time of the year. Ant can tell you a lot about, you know, shrinkage. Um, no, I can tell you a lot about wrinkles. <laughs> maybe both. You have to be careful these days, you know, oh. especially with, with so many. No, well, you know, clothes have, you know, a lot of wool in them this time of the year, and they can shrink if you're not careful. So, yeah. you know, it's just very important. Um, Anthony's clothes also aren't shrinking. Uh, he is shrinking. His clothes oh, yeah. are getting bigger on him because he just keeps losing weight. And good on you, Ant. You know, we're just. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it's crazy. I miss when you were like kind of fat and jolly. I yeah. do. I miss no. it a little bit. Like you used to kind of like bob up and you kind of like had like a little hitchy thing going to you and now you don't anymore. And I don't know how to feel about it. Yeah, thanks. You know? <laughs> so probably... listen, you ever get really fat again, I'm gonna remind you. But <laughs> I think you're probably okay. Scouts. I'm not I'm not allowed. Are you <laughs> Boy Scouts were selling the flowers in the strip of <laughs> 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 parking lot? Yeah. <laughs> um uh, yeah, no, I, yeah, I'm, I'm not allowed. I'm not allowed to get fat again. You got to remember, there's a wedding in September, right? So I, I gotta. I, it would have are you gonna invite all the that. Snow the Goalie listeners? Right, are we gonna, gonna do like a, a live, live, live a pod? Goalie on the altar, you and me. <laughs> I think we'll do a we'll do a Snow the Goalie from the from the wedding. Yes, I'm sure we'll Maria. Would press be row show. Fine with that. Bundy, Perfectly who can we get to join us for the press row show do, at do the a, wedding? Do a press row show to comment on all of the uh, accoutrement of the wedding. Like, you know, yeah. oh, was the DJ any good? Or was, you yeah, know, Anthony, hey, the, the food. Gonna do that. Yeah, we're going to do a snow the goalie at the wedding. <laughs> That'd be pretty great. Uh, and then uh, post game, we'll get uh, we'll get Fridge to come on again. That was funny. By the way, that was the last press row show we did. If you guys don't typically go back, like I, I saw somebody comment on Twitter today that they don't always go back and listen to the post-game shows if they haven't watched the game. You missed out on the last post-game show that we did, the last press row show, because Anthony had Konechny in the locker room talking about how great Carter Hart has played. And then we're sitting there, uh, Bundy and I are sitting up uh, outside the Snow the Goalie Sportsbook having, having a laugh, and Fridge walks by. And he's like, when are you guys going to have me on the show? And we're like, you want to come on? And he's like, ah, oh, come on. So he gets on and, and, you know, it was a good time interacting with people. Like, it was good stuff. So you never know who's going to show up on the Press Row show. So, that's, so you thought, that's you thought, the unpredictability. You thought the, the, the key takeaway of my interview with Konechny was about Carter Hart and not me asking him if the team has balls? <laughs> we on. know the team has balls. John Tortorella said they've got balls. So, you know. <laughs> oh. Anyway. Anyway. Uh, I think it's probably about time to go, guys. If there's any uh, anything else you wanted to get to, by all nope. means. But we can look ahead really quickly to um, what's coming next for your team, your town, your Philadelphia Flyers. Um, this weekend, they've got the Avalanche on Saturday. We'll have to figure out a uh, morning after for Sunday. Yep. Um, but as of now, the Flyers are going to play against the Avalanche. It's a 9 o'clock puck drop on Saturday. Then they are in Nashville Tuesday night, 8 o'clock. 8, 8 o'clock puck drop uh and then they're home 
They finally make their way home on Thursday. They'll be hosting the Capitals, followed by hosting the Red Wings. So a lot of stuff going on. Do you want to let people know, in March, I think March is where we're looking at for the um, the tailgate, correct? Well, it's, it's, let's put it this way. It's going to be after the um, carnival. The carnival. Yeah, they got to get through the carnival first, and then we can put the tailgate together. So it'll yeah, be- I, and we are like we have a lot of people yeah. on board for this, and we want to make it like epic. Like we're gonna figure out a way where yeah, it's gonna be a great like early evening, early afternoon, and, and it's gonna be all about the Flyers and having a party about this team through Snow the goalie. That's what we want. We thought about it in the early fall, and I'm telling you what, it's gonna be fucking epic. I promise you. We don't throw parties that are bad. I never have. I don't drink anymore. But who cares? You don't need to drink to have fun. We're going to have a blast. I will be flipping burgers and cooking hot dogs and whatever else we got. I can promise you that this is going to be an epic party. You won't want to miss it. That's exactly right. Uh, By the way, there have been people asking us if we're going to be making the trip on the road for the Stadium Series game against the Devils in February. We're working on that. We're trying to figure out what that would look like if we're going to try to do anything. There uh, there are some logistical. There are some logistical things that are outside of our control, outside of the Flyers' control, as a matter of fact, that could impact that. But there's, we are definitely talking, uh, talking about it, and their Flyers are talking about it too. So, just 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 so everybody knows. it's yeah, a league run event. It, they the league does the credentialing. They're the ones who set who did the media setups and everything. So it's not as cut and dry as you know us commandeering the Snow the Goalie sports book. So, <laughs> we'll see. May, hey, you know what? The Flyers are gonna take on the Devils this February at Snow the Goalie Stadium. Very nice. <laughs> nah, I'd never put our fucking name on that dump. That is a dump. That place sucks. I oh, hate yeah. MetLife Stadium. I don't it like is, it either. A concrete jungle. It looks like a prison. It feels like a prison. I've never been to prison, but it's what I assume prison feels like. I don't like it at all. You'd fit yeah, right in there looking like that right now. You and that Cavalcante. You guys could hey, be bunkmates. Hey, Bundy, Bundy, if we go, though, we have to remember we have to remember to pack the baby wipes. Well, <laughs> that's a must, baby. Can I tell you something, Bundy? You yeah. were the one who, who don't turned talk about me on this on the that. show. Don't talk about this on the it show. Did it change your life? It, it changed everything. It changed Change, everything. It changes your life. We This is for another episode. <laughs> it is but yes, baby wipes changed my life indefinitely in 2001. <laughs> yes. And I've never, ever looked back from that day on. <laughs> it's the truth. It's 100% truth. Look at Russ. 100% truth. Because I use those on Bundy and Anthony use those things. Yes, we do. All right, we're rolling out. Everybody, it's been great talking to you. We'll be back on Sunday with a Mountain Dew. (laughs) (laughs) All right, on that bombshell, it's time to end. We'll see you guys Sunday morning for the morning after, and then we've got some press shows next week. Have a great weekend, everybody. (laughs)